2: The three down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. New tap room now open at Sass Drive and Cameron in Regina. Check check one two one two is is, it, is this thing on? Is this is this how we do this? It feels like I is this hello John? What's is this? Is this hello? working? Hello.
1: Testing testing Joel. Hello? hello hello.
2: Seems everything's working. This huh. is uh
1: this is how Let we podcast. It's been a while. My microphone. There we go. It's all shiny and new and stuff and ready to go after not being used for months. Absolutely, and actually,
2: you may notice a marked improvement, in English, in the quality of John's voice. Not necessarily the quality of his content, but at least his voice sounds better while he makes horrible points, because John is actually invested in an actual microphone now rather than using his headset with a little mic on the side that always cuts in and out and Sounds a little weird, but... Uh... Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and in fairness, uh, I, I think you're right to poke fun, because, you know, we've been doing this now for three years or so, and before that, I did two and out for two-ish years, and it's finally... I'm like, you know what? I might do this podcasting thing on a regular basis. I guess maybe I should finally get a microphone.
2: Yes, and I, I appreciate that you felt I was worth it and not Travis,
1: so... <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, in fairness, it has been been a very long time since travis has bought me a beer so it's just more recency it's a lot of recency bias as well too there gas Eh, whatever whatever works there anyway
2: <laughs> welcome to the three down green cast joel gasson with john fraser as usual and yes uh we decided to record this week on the this here um the internet's only breakfast sandwich podcast yes as yes. um John's been introducing me to some delicacies in life, I guess. Um, He noticed something in a picture I posted on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, in the story section. I got a big order from the Paperback Beverage Company. Uh, Great stuff out of Southeast Saskatchewan. Uh, They got a lot of pop. They got, like, lemonade, iced tea. Uh, So basically like a vanilla, Coke, uh, Dr. Pepper type thing. And they got purple drink, grape juice. Sort of thing. That's um, great. That's a great <laughs> name
1: for grape juice. Let's just... That's how it's called. He calls it atomic grape, but I mean, really, everyone calls it purple drank, right? It's that that that's true. I mean, and and I'm glad that that has been cleared up for our listeners, because if you ever told me you were on the purple drank while doing a pod, I would be uh, a, a little concernicist, just 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 a touch, just like, hey, you, you okay there, bud? Like, doing <laughs> fine? Like, I know, like, I usually get a buzz on during this podcast, but I've never done it during purple drank. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. Through that, I
2: also got a little bottle of hot sauce, which is really good, and a big old jar of mustard that just came out. Oh, grainy mustard. Can't go wrong. So it's got a little kick and a little spice to it, too, is which is really great. So anyway, John sees this, and he texts me, and he says that this will change my life in terms of breakfast sandwich. Of course, I've had lots of mustards in the fridge for years, but
1: I mean, who goes around posting pictures of mustard to Instagram normally? That's um, that's that's 2020 for us. The the CFL exactly. has disappeared, so we're 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 uh, all about the mustard posts.
2: Yes, mustard posts and breakfast sandwiches, because I mean, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, right? It is after your evening nightcap. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
1: right. That 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 is as as a father of two that works <laughs> in the car business, I can tell you that is the most important meal of the day. Have we've podcasted since I switched jobs, haven't we?
2: Yes. Yeah,
1: of course. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I don't know.
2: When did you change again? Like a year ago?
1: July the <laughs> 6th.
2: Then yes. Based on Skype where I saw, because I opened up Skype to do this podcast right. and I was like, it's really been that long since we've recorded. And yeah, it has been.
1: But yes, it was after July 6th was the last time. Okay. We okay. 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 So everybody knows I'm all Toyota all the time now. Okay. Perfect. Yes, so exactly. go on. Breakfast anyway, sandwich. Back the to fixture,
2: the back, delicious mustard. Yes. Back on track to... Getting us onto our topic that is off track of what we're going to talk about it anyway.
1: <laughs>
2: so we're off one track, onto another track, but off that track. So, right. if that makes right. any follow,
1: sense. Follow along, everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. So I post this picture, and it's got the mustard in it. And John's like, You have to do this breakfast sandwich. It will change your life.
1: It will. It will
2: absolutely change your life. And so I said, Okay, um, we got our plans for this weekend. I'm going to test this on myself by myself during the week before subjecting Jenny to it in case I
1: don't like it. Right and 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 that's a, that's what a good noble husband should do experiment with the dangerous sounding mm-hmm. breakfast sandwich combination that his friends suggest to him. That's that's the especially, noble thing. Especially especially you. It's it's honestly. fair. <laughs> it's it's I wouldn't normally follow my advice either but this is a thing I'm passionate about is mm-hmm. the it's how okay you 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 I need to know Joel before I give the recipe for the breakfast sandwich. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Did it change your life? I don't
2: know if it changed my life, but I think my ratio is a little off, as I was telling you, so I think I need to work on it a little bit. Right. I need a little more mustard, a little less avocado, because, like, I have, like, this big bag of frozen avocado from Costco in the fridge, so I always end up taking out way too much and defrosting it, right. so I just put it all in there, and then it's like, and this is too much avocado to egg, to meat, and I actually forgot to put cheese on it, so there was just a whole... I think the ratio was off. It was good. It was not... It was, I'm not sitting here saying it was bad. Like, I still tried other variations of it later in the week, as I showed you, but I, I wasn't. wouldn't go quite so far at this point as saying that it changed my life.
1: Now, now, see, what we're talking about is I now make my breakfast sandwiches. I take mayo and grainy mustard and use that as a sauce, like you mix it all up. You grab a little avocado, some cheese, preferably sharp cheddar or craft Singles. You know, if you can't go wrong with a plastic cheese from Ugh. from... Here and there, never. If if you're desperate, you just you need that sharp little taste. So get your avocado, you get yourself a couple of eggs, and you get your protein of choice. Personally, and I hope this becomes some sort of a meme. I love sausage over bacon, especially when we're talking about this. But the grainy mustard, spicy mayo combo that will change your life on a breakfast sandwich. The way that eggs and cheese pair with spicy mayo my mouth is salivating is, is is that's why I'm getting a lot of sss in there because it's so good I had one this morning I had ham uh, I didn't have any avocado but I had ham I had cheese and I grilled the ham first huh. then I made my grainy mustard spicy mayo blend I need to go find the stuff that that you found with the purple drank and the spicy uh, mustard because I'm almost out of my own grainy mustard but Like, that's my weekend now. That's, that's, it's just, it's just what I do. It's just, and actually, variation yesterday, Mm -hmm. Lacey had made, I don't know where she gets the sausages. It's not like the sausage disc. It was like the individual, like, finger sausages. So, like, breakfast sausages. Breakfast sausages. But they had, like, they must be from Costco. See, everything we buy is from Costco. (laughs) So, I'm sure you can find it at Costco, and I'm sure anybody listening will go, yeah, those are the ones from Costco, I know. Um... They had a little mapley taste to them, and I thought that might mess with the ratio, but it actually worked. So don't be afraid of a sweeter sausage <laughs> to put in your mouth. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs>
1: I, I had to.
2: I, and and all jokes aside, I actually will agree with you. Um, Wait, what? So I was, I was when, we're about, yeah, when we're talking about yeah when we're talking about breakfast sandwiches like I I love bacon you know we we you buy the drakes meat bacon at Costco where it's oh, a slab yeah, of bacon yeah, you yeah, cut yeah. it up and it's amazing that bacon is amazing as bacon on its own maybe because I don't know, own the proper equipment to slice it really thin to make it good for a sandwich it's not always the best in sandwich it's still tasty it just doesn't get as crisp as you'd like because I always cut it too thick um, fair fair but. When it comes to me, when it comes to me, like when I'm ordering a breakfast sandwich or if I'm have the opportunity to make a breakfast sandwich, I do prefer sausage over bacon. <laughs> Especially like a good like sort of breakfasty, like there's just something in the seasonings, depending on how it's done, to me it can be right. better. Like bacon's amazing, but bacon flavor, generally speaking, is bacon flavor. There's yes. a lot more variation in sausage, if you catch my drift, sort of in the different flavorings. Like so if we're right. going like standard run of the mill sort of Fast food breakfast sandwich, you know the one I'm talking about oh, I yeah, exactly I order the sausage one with it because I think yeah, the sausage a little juicier it adds a little adds a little extra to the sandwich because basically every fast food breakfast sandwich for some reason doesn't come with sauce on it, and especially at that one place that's everyone in Canada loves, but I don't they're extremely dry, I find because of it,
1: yeah, yeah, and see it's funny i've at the other at the place in Canada that used to have good coffee but now has terrible coffee mm-hmm. that everybody loves and for some reason has made it a Canadian identity thing, although I find that less and less these days. Um, I've switched up by getting the, um, the bagel with, the like, the bagel break, just a plain bagel because it's mm-hmm. like the moistness of the bagel almost gets away from the fact the sausage is dry. But, again, normally I just – I, I want to buy, like – and actually I think it was – Again, it was a Costco purchase. Mm-hmm. No, this was a Walmart purchase. I don't know why I bought meat from Walmart. I really was gambling with my life.
2: You were, though. That that's really strange.
1: Chances are they were made entirely with the worst parts of the pig. But yeah, buy something from Costco if you can.
2: Or like a good local
1: producer. Well, yeah, it, but that's the one thing. We talk about Drake Meeks. I mean, obviously, Drake Meeks from Drake, Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. You know, Costco usually carries that. Like, it, it's, it's. I can't go to Costco hungry.
2: Not oh, anymore, not anymore. I like, don't. back in the day, you know, before COVID, when you could go kind of around lunchtime and have all the samples as your lunch, you could do that then and go
1: hungry. Exactly, but now you go hungry, and I find myself... And it's a small impulse buy, but always the, like, the Drake meat summer sausage. hmm Oh, I, I wonder if I could fry that up and put that on the sandwich. Easily. Easily you could, yeah. I, okay, that's, that's the, that's the next time I go to Costco. I am off work on Tuesday. Wonder if I could, wonder if I could do that. I'm now getting breakfast sandwich ideas, because that's, that's, that's the life I live now.
2: That's where we are, and I mean, that's basically what the CFL has left us to talk about, is breakfast sandwiches and <laughs> other nonsense so really well,
1: well especially too as a quick aside
2: mm-hmm.
1: like what is the cfl doing not like I, like you got to keep somebody employed there to tell some stories mm-hmm. right like like how do they not have and i get it they used to, i used to get this argument like we actually i actually argued and this is probably why i'm blacklisted by the national cross league but <laughs> they wanted to ban us from ever talking about the guys side gigs the fact that these guys still had full-time jobs and i i guess you don't want to give the perception your league isn't professional but like you know following sean white on instagram he's always posting stories if he's in like safety rescue he's like working night shifts and he's working with cranes like what i don't know what the hell sean white is doing but it looks cool and it'd be I'm, cool to hear about
2: i mean literally when you watch curling they put their professions in the in the crayon and the graphics saying who's throwing the rock <laughs> well,
1: that's exactly it i mean now it's all like mortgage broker mortgage yeah. broker mortgage broker mortgage broker
0: but there was right. a day
2: when it was like beer store manager that and still is thing, glenn howard. that is still that glenn, glenn howard, howard but yeah store. yeah well he managed one he doesn't own one but he
1: manages one yes i think i think i think he actually bought himself one correct me if i'm wrong I should. i notice. don't think that's legal in ontario Right, right, or uh, either way, Glenn yeah. Howard is a beer store bigwig, and that's exactly what they could they could put on on his thing. And like, I don't think there's any harm in it. So you think no. the CFL, like, okay, maybe you don't want to tell the like really like the ones that you're like really this guy's driver and skip the dishes but like i'd like to know what the hell some of the players are doing but they laid f literally everybody off for the teams for the league nobody's working nobody has a clue like they're just throwing up like i swear somebody went into hootsuite and was like okay what shitty poll should we put up this week ah who's the best wide receiver quarterback combo in the league right now guess what nobody because you're not playing yeah. Have, I ever got, have I ever gotten this angry before we've talked about the beers we're drinking? I
2: don't think so. I don't think you've ever gotten that angry without me even really setting it up or asking you a question about it. You just kind of went there on your own.
1: Well, and in fairness, I I didn't expect that anger to come. We never, I, our pregame talk and our pregame text, I don't think I ever mentioned being that no, angry, but. You didn't. It just, it just kind of came out from a natural place, not, you know, forced sponsored rants that. ...are on vogue with <clears> some <throat> people's television programs. <clears throat> anyway. Um, <laughs> with, moving
0: on. Moving
2: on. Because, <laughs> yeah, you basically have cut my transition away, because I was going to say, you know what goes really well with breakfast sandwiches? Beer.
1: And then you had to go get angry, so thanks, John. Well, I really F this up. I'm sorry, Joel, because, that, you know what, that is a good transition, because mm-hmm. you, you're you're not... You're not lying because everybody says the go to like in the morning is like, and another aside here. Oh, here we go. When you're on like a family or you're like, you're at a like uh, an event, uh, like a bond spiel, or you know, it's one of those weekends where it's kind of okay to have some alcohol before noon, you know, everyone like a, a family weekend, or you're with a bunch of buddies or something like that, and like. Yeah. I was, I, I've watched my brother-in-law throw, like, half a thing of Bailey's in with his coffee, and I crack a beer and clam at, like, nine in the morning. Everybody says, oh, what do you do with the beer? I'm like, it just, he just had a whole thing of beer. It's like, why the judgment for the beer in the morning?
2: I don't but know. Like, I mean, you're right. There are situations. I mean, if you're at, like, a cottage or, as you say, like, a bond spiel or you're golfing, right. you're in some kind of tournament early in the morning. Like, yeah, there are scenarios. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to open up, like, a 9% double IPA, but, like, a nice Rattler or a session or something to start the day. Yeah, nothing wrong with that in those scenarios.
1: Well, absolutely. Or a cold brew Americano from Pile of Bones Brewing. Oh.
2: Where you get your beer and your coffee in one.
1: Those were, like, a lifesaver during the uh, Saskatoon men's bonds bill last year, I I tell you what. Those were Mm -hmm. the morning brew. But, like, it's just funny that, like coffee and Bailey's or a little whiskey in the coffee everybody's like oh rough morning but you crack a beer and just like whoa now there bud huh you sure you're okay there man like dude like I just I don't like coffee and Bailey's I just want a goddamn beer <laughs> I mean Which would I, th- I, well th- I think you just need sandwich.
2: yeah you maybe just need to hang out with different people because I, I can't remember that ever happening to me so
1: this is why we're friends. This is why mm. we're such good friends.
2: Anyway, speaking of your breakfast sandwiches, uh, John, I, I we already, we, we've kind of gone through this already before, off the topic, off the air, off whatever we call this thing on the internet. Um, right. What's in the glass this week?
1: Um, and this is one that I've been meaning to try for the longest time, and I don't know why I haven't. I don't know either. It is... Like, it's it's just one of those i, I I've never I've, i I've never really thought of it I, I I know you and I have both talked about how good it is they post about it on social media all the time but it is rebellion solo crush and it is like everything I've dreamed of it's uh you know how we talked about the golden crush that I that I like in the summers mm-hmm. uh you know kind of that that you can still get that hoppy bitter taste uh with the under six seven percent alcohol like a um, like a really because, good breakfast beer, right? This would be a perfect breakfast beer. I think this is even smoother than uh, than Golden Crush, mm-hmm. and to me, I like as a guy that likes a hoppy bitter beer, a, a, a fruity, juicy beer, for lack of a better term. I would highly recommend it, but I would also highly recommend it for for that person that's like, okay, I'm ready to start making the jump to craft beers and IPAs and, and, and things like that. So uh, yeah, no, I finally, I finally gave it a try. And then I learned something tonight because you texted me and you said, well, what kind of solo crush are you having? And I'm like, <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> yeah. And, and I've, I've seen this with, I've seen this with a few people out there. And so I felt it was kind of important to talk about. So the solo crush was launched earlier in the summer as basically a single hop series. So there's been a few different iterations of Solo Crush. I right. believe there's one with Chinook hops, and there was another with another one I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, both of those were very good, but I think the one that has come out recently is probably my favorite of them all. So you picked a good time to get into it. So it's basically yeah. a beer. It's like they've built brewed like kind of a golden crush hazy kind of style, and they but then they've only but then Rebellion has only hopped it with a single kind of hop. So you really understand like the flavor of that hop. Mm. So there's other breweries made them too. They're usually called Smashes. Um, There's usually, and that's usually single malt, single hop. I don't know if this is single malt as well. and on top of single hop, but regardless. Um, So what the ones have come out recently are actually like super cool and super hyper local because they were wet hopped, which means these, and because they, the, The hops are harvested fresh recently from uh, JGL out in Saskatchewan. It's a Saskatchewan brew, a Saskatchewan hop farm that comes around. And basically, Rebellion went out there, harvested a bunch of hops, and this is one of them. And so it's the wet-hopped Comet. It's with Comet hops, so that's kind of the taste you're getting out of that one right now. Uh, There's also a wet-hopped Cashmere that's allegedly out on the shelves right now. Mark kind of let that out of the bag a little bit and so that's also from there. And you can only really get wet hop beers around this time of year because, I mean, they're just they're not going to hold over the course of the time. You, know, you right. know, Like anything you harvest, you eventually have to dry it or process it or do something with it, so that's kind of where the hops go from there. You know, they get harvested. You can make some wet hop this time of year, and then they usually get dried out and left whole leaf because I learned recently that Rebellion, all of their beers are brewed with um, dry whole leaf usually, mm-hmm. um, or they're just turned into pellets, which a lot of breweries use as well.
1: I have learned so much, and mm-hmm. and my my one of the things in my life I live by, and I'm sure you've heard this many times. If so I've learned something today, that means I can get drunk. So this True. the end of this podcast could get interesting. Um, and, it and cool. so before for looking the record, good. I'm drinking. I happen to be drinking the same thing. That's why I didn't really say much about right. it. Right, right. And, and instead, you you actually like like I just I think I learned more about beer in mm-hmm. like that. Minutes of you explaining it. I've <laughs> in fairness, beer. I
2: stole a lot of it. I was I listened earlier to uh, the Rebellion podcast. Um, their social media guy Matt Barton and um, Mark Heisey was on this week. Of course, the president and co-owner of Rebellion talking about kind of their fall beer lineup, and there was a lot about the Wet Hop series in there, which is kind of interesting to listen to. Oh. So that's kind of where I picked up a lot on that. So you can check that as well. And also coincidentally, as uh, the day we recorded this podcast on Sunday, uh, Rebellion mm-hmm. has also put out. Uh, there's going to be an event online. Through Facebook Live, we'll be able to have a virtual beer tasting with Rebellion Brewings, Mark Heisey. Um, so they're gonna be going through their hoppy beers. Um, if you're in Regina, you can go to the tap room and pick up the special four pack that will feature the four beers that will be uh, tested during this virtual tasting. That is, of course, John's favorite Rebellion beer, the Heisey Hazy IPA. Yes. Though I think they should yes. make a Heise IPA as well after Mark. <laughs> I, I, I would say that, that I think you
1: just gave them their next brilliant marketing idea. Absolutely. And uh, you, th- you should sell that to them. Patent uh, pending, patent pending, patent pending. i
2: have to work on that. Uh, the Wet Hopped Comet Solo Crush, which is of course the one John and I are drinking right now. And the Wet Hopped yeah. Cashmere Solo Crush and their Cora Zilla IPA. Um, if you don't want to buy them, you don't have to. You can still tune in and watch online. Apparently Mark's going to be answering questions later as well, which is which is always fun so if you're really interested yeah. in those beers you can go ahead and watch that uh seven thirty on thursday yeah i i work late on thursday so i wonder if the good the good thing about facebook means. live is you can go back and watch it later you won't know if you won't get to watch it live but
1: no i was more thinking um just what watching it work and make. bringing
2: beers to work yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 kinda of what I was thinking. You know, that's 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 exactly what I was thinking. I also realized the cans I'm drinking, uh the timestamp on them was my birthday. So it was destiny that I had the solo crush with the wet hops mm-hmm. that were canned on my birthday. Absolutely. It's a it's a win win. These are these things I notice when I don't have football to watch, Joel. Yes, because today's days are over and we will uh
2: we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> Because uh, yes. one of us is feeling pretty good about their team and some of their players, the other is not, and uh, <laughs> we we'll get to make fun of yeah,
1: that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do I do this to <laughs> Why do I, Like, like, legitimately though. Like, I wish I could go back in time to like an eight-year-old John Fraser and just slap the shit out of him and be like, "You, why do you like such shitty teams?" Because let's face it, until recently. All of my teams sucked. And in fact, one of them disappeared for a decade. So that's, I I guess, people that might not follow me on social media might not realize it. For me, it is the Boston Red Sox, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Minnesota Vikings, um, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Toronto Maple Leafs before that. And of course, like, my casual interest in baseball has always been the Toronto Raptors, but that means... It, it, did I say baseball twice? You said baseball, Yep. Right, okay. Um, I'm now in my third solo crush. That might explain it. But uh, it, that's a whole lot of not winning. Mm-hmm. Like, the past couple years haven't been as bad, but yeah, let's... Uh,
2: I don't want to... I don't. So we're, we're just going to let John stew for a little bit about this before... Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're just going to punt down prediction. the road a little bit on this one. Um, i like, ah. Ah, also foreshadowing. Ah. Ah. um So yeah, I don't know. Earlier last week, Rob Van of the Regina Leader Post, Saskatoon star of Phoenix technically as well, um put out a column about the state of the CFL and not obviously financial state or the lack of game state or anything like that. Right. But it's generally in speaking how the game itself on the field maybe isn't quite as exciting as it used to be and part of that reason could be just because of how football south of the border has caught up with the CFL in terms of its aerial attack and general goofiness and, and insaneness on offense and the whole shebang. And I think both of us on this podcast agreed. We've kind of talked about it for the last few years that we've been doing this. It's kind of, something's always felt a little off in the CFL game recently. Like it's still entertaining. It's pretty good product overall, but there's just that little bit extra that's missing to make it great. And there were times where I thought the two of us and friend of the show, Dan Plaster, were alone in that thought. Like, it felt like there right. was always all this praise being heaped on the CFL from the usual types. And then I finally saw that column from Rob Anderson. and I was like, oh. And the reaction to it, specifically, because that's one of those columns where you're like, oh boy, are, are, are the fanboys going to get upset about this? And a few of them right, did. Right. A few of them did, but for the most part, there was a lot of people who agreed with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and... I'm not gonna lie. Being vindicated in your thoughts by Rob friggin Vanstone, mm-hmm. that feels pretty good. When you're like, you're feeling the same as the legend Rob Vanstone. Who, by the way, a, a plazo for Rob for a minute. Mm-hmm. His transformation, like he's lost, what is it? He's up to like 80 or 90 pounds. The guys lost
2: something like that. Yeah, he doesn't even but look. Put, like, I haven't, I haven't seen him in months. But the pictures I see on, online of when I do see him the next time, I probably won't even recognize him.
1: A million percent, right? Like I almost feel like I have to study the the new slim down rob vanstone photo just so i could recognize him um these days because i remember him from obviously his days when you you and i were all covering the writers alongside the legend rob vanstone but uh-huh. yeah it, i'm not gonna lie it felt good that people are kind of coming out of the woodwork and being like yeah you're right there is something going on with the football and you and I haven't been alone on an island and uh although I'm completely and with some of my bad takes I'm completely okay with being alone on an island it was just yeah that's not new to you nice no oh absolutely not but it was just nice to 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 know that okay I'm not the only one seeing this and a lot of the excitement is gone you mentioned the NFL catching up and uh you and I are just big time football guys Mm -hmm. i cannot like if when the xfl is out i'm gonna watch the xfl i I am going to watch as much football as i can but despite being a parent of two i've kind of done a good job of like finding ways to watch more and more nfl this year and not just have my fantasy team interests and uh there's been big com- there's the nfl this year and even last year There, everything you'd expected of the cfl in its heyday the the miraculous comebacks the aerial attack the you know goofy plays the surprise the trick plays that's all there right now as you mentioned it's caught up and you're not seeing that as much in the cfl and that could be problematic for the CFL. It is still a very entertaining product. Let's never deny that. And I, I, do think that the CFL's inherent timing rules will always give it an advantage over the NFL. I, I, I don't, I, I don't like the fact that a, there's a cloud of dust and you run three yards and you can grind out most of the clock. I still don't. I love all football. I don't like that. But yeah, I, the CFL. I we've been saying this for a while. The CFL needs to do something. Mm-hmm. To bring back some of that excitement because yeah, you watch college ball, you watch, you know, at first it was just in college ball, and now it's in the NFL, and yeah, watching all day today and 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 watching that Tennessee Houston game today and watching the Philadelphia Eagles all of a sudden make a game out of it against Baltimore Indy coming back like that Indy comeback they were down three scores like yeah. three touchdowns. Yep. You never used to see that in the NFL. That was a CFL-only thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're right. No, Suddenly, no lead is safe in the NFL. So what does the CFL do now to bring back that exciting brand of football?
2: Yeah, and that was the interesting stuff that I learned today watching NFL Red Zone was oh, that... Oh, that's
1: no, the greatest channel in modern history, by the way.
2: Yeah, just f- phenomenal broadcasting by Scott Hansen, too, on top of that. But that's that's a side uh, no, note for broadcast broadcasters.
1: Oh, God. he's just... the, the talent he has is just... Amazing to to pull that all off.
2: Regardless, so this was, again, week six in the NFL, I believe. And every week so far, including this week now, because, of course, the Colts came back on the Bengals. Every week so far, at least one game where a team went up 16, they ended up losing that game. Yeah. Most of those involve the Atlanta Falcons or the Detroit Lions. But regardless, that still happened in all six weeks in the NFL calendar this year so far.
1: Yep. Now, we like we we used to to see happen.
2: No, never, never. You could get in the NFL, used to be up 10, the game was over, basically. Basically. And so now that's slowly shifting a little slower. And in the NCAA, it's always been weird like that. There's always weird, you get, you know, you get 18, 19, 20 year olds playing sports. Weird things happen all the time. So that's not quite as new there. But the pace of the NCAA game is really gets me. And yes, I know the games take four hours. And, you know, side note, as you say, you know, to me, there is no perfect brand of football right now. The CFL has some things to work on. I think the NFL would be better if you didn't couldn't grind. As much as I enjoy watching a team get the ball back with six minutes left and never give it back because there is an art right. and to that, and it's amazing, I understand why that is not entertaining to the average fan. So right. if they could do something about that, would be great. And I think the NCAA reviews have gotten out of control, and the halftime's way too long. It, the fact that it takes four hours to play a game is insane. So... I can see that there is flaws in all three games. So this isn't just, let's pile on the CFL, American football is amazing. All three are flawed in one way or another. If you can combine all three games into one, that's where you would have the perfect football game, in my opinion. Because one thing the NCAA does really well in terms of their play, you know, commercial breaks, halftime, reviews and all that. Aside the actual gameplay, when they get going, when you see the pace and you see them get going... Sometimes I'll watch a few games on Saturday in the afternoon where teams yep. are making plays every 20 seconds and you watch the NFL the next day and you're like, damn, this is slow. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just feels so much slower. Like, they get that gas going and then that just, you know, there's you, they, you know, because in the rules there and down south, it's a running play clock. So the ref puts the ball down, gets the heck out of the way, and the next play is going again. And that tires yep. down defenses and that creates more first downs and more flow and all of that. So you're seeing that in the NCAA. Some NFL teams have tried. I know Chip Kelly really tried when he came up from college. Um, Didn't really work as well in the NFL. Uh, But they do, even in the NFL sometimes, late in games or different points in the games, you do see them go with a little more tempo where you can't really do that in the CFL because the ref puts the ball down and then waits a couple seconds for substitutions and then blows in the 20-second play clock and you're like, okay, finally, let's get this play going. So that's... You know, there's different levels of that. So the point of all this is it's not great that the CFL isn't playing football right now. We would all much prefer to be watching the CFL right now. There's no question about it.
1: Certainly. but On a a Sunday, it still takes priority for me over the NFL.
2: Yeah. Um, So what this comes down to then is, well, it's not all bad. There is an opportunity for the CFL to do something here. And this is kind of... You know, there isn't too many opportunities for a league to essentially reboot and reinvent itself. Mm-hmm. And we've talked to nauseum in CFL circles about how the business model needs to change. And there's there's no question about that. But I think the game, the, the game on the field needs to change a little bit too. And this is their opportunity to do that, to bring back that high level of excitement. Because I think if you can turn on any three brands of football and you find them entertaining, that will make a big difference in terms of the the perception of the CFL. If it's like, okay, the Certainly. games are, again, 40 to 35, people are going to take notice of that. Absolutely. So what can be done? And it's interesting because I think what I, one thing I think I would like to see, and this is you know sort of a real thing. We're going to get into dumb things in a second here. The real thing is I think, yeah, I think there needs to be an opportunity for teams to play with more tempo. I think that would help a lot in terms mm-hmm. of the game. And then there's probably other real tweaks and different things that could change is, and it all comes in the interesting thing. And I wrote a piece about this on 3DownNation.com that uh, will appear on the website eventually. Um, Mike from Podsky Wee Wee, a Tie Cats podcast hosted here on 3DownNation by, of course, Mike and Josh Smith. And mm-hmm. Mike was talking to a guy who said he didn't watch the CFL because there's too many punts. Fair. He's not entirely wrong. And. And to a certain degree, with three downs, there's not a whole lot you can do about that at times. There is going to naturally be more punts than a game with at least one extra down per drive. There's no question about that. But it doesn't mean we can't try to reduce the number of punts. I'm all in on this idea, by the way. So, as my brain does, I went off on a weird tangent. Mm-hmm. Because short of moving the game to four downs, which would cause riots within CFL circles, so I didn't go there.
1: Justifiably so. I am I am a big fan of keeping it to three downs as well.
2: I I do like four down football, but I understand why it's three down, and it it'll stay that way, and I'm it should stay that way. That's where I'm just going to leave. Yes. this. I came up with ideas where I thought, okay, this is what we could do about punting in the CFL. Um, one of them, I'm going to admit, we're just open with this. When I straight up stole this from uh, Ryan Nanny over at Banner Society, and I gave him credit. So I gave him credit for coming up with the idea, and he has a long list on the website. I I do link to it in the story of why yep. this is a really good idea and all the interesting. It's it's a well thought out piece for being a dumb bad idea timepiece. He suggested the essentially, and I've dubbed this the reverse rouge, where every time you punt, you are deducted a point on the scoreboard. Ooh, that is... Yes, so of course it brings games closer. It really makes teams think about when they punt and all that sort of thing. So I'm like that's. i going to lead with that one in this context because I didn't come up with it and I wanted to give uh, proper time to Ryan and Banner Society for that one. The piece is about two years old, so he wrote a couple years ago. I think it's still relevant because no matter what level of football we're talking about, what league of football, what brand of football we're talking about, Okay, yeah, returns are exciting, but they don't always happen all that often, and punting's pretty boring, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's like, I mean, anybody that was watching the Miami Dolphins-New York Jets game this oh. afternoon, where, the, you know, they said it was the, I forget the punter's name, it's not Sergio yet. Um, they it
2: should said... be punting for the Jets and kicking for the Jets, and apparently, based on what Clemson did this
1: week to Georgia Tech, should also be the quarterback for the Jets. Which I think is the highlight, if out of all the non-context, like if you ever were to read some of the text between the two of us without context, that was probably the favorite. Do they really (laughs) have their punter playing quarterback? And you confirm that yes, in fact they did, because I saw it on social media, wasn't watching the game, and of course all things college football go to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Not not only was the punter in for Clemson, because they were up 73-7, to
2: um, he went two for three, and he threw to Dabo Sweeney's son, who was that rec- Who was in a receiver at that point?
1: Like that's just that's just that's amazing. That's that's let the let the guy the, disrespect the disrespect was exactly. amazing.
2: The disrespect was amazing.
1: I love it. You know, you're not putting. It in, you know what? If you've given up that many points, they should look. They should be able to let the mascot go out there and chuck some bombs, right? Like yeah, I don't get the people that that say, "Oh, you're insulting the other team." Then go ahead and stop them, but. I digress uh, Mm because we are talking about the boringness of punting and how like, and it was really noticeable today because I'm a big NFL red zone guy. Yeah. And I, I make a point on my Sundays. I kind of bang out the honey do list as early as I can. So by like noon, one o'clock I can just sit down, throw on red zone and boom, away we go. But the problem was, was this afternoon there was only two games on. And yes, in the light
2: window, there was two games and they were both dogs.
1: Yeah. And, and, and watching the Jets punter just over and over and over again, brought me back to this point. Now, I was thinking, in context, as you and I were talking about this earlier, Mm -hmm. I think, especially in three downs, the reverse rouge might be a bit too harsh. Yeah, I don't disagree. But I thought to myself, what if you allow an unlimited number of punts from within the 20 on each side, okay? So if you can't get anything going, you're within your own 20, fine, you can punt. Because... The excitement level created by a punt that's... Even at the 20, you're probably booting it to midfield. The other team's 45 on a good kick unless John Ryan's back there. You still have some excitement, right? You still have Mm -hmm. that... Like, the guy is close to score. But for the rest of the game, you are only allowed four punts. Mm -hmm. Outside of within your own 20. And that, that, that
2: kind of piggybacks off the idea that I have in the piece. That actually, surprisingly... After John Hodge and Justin Dunk went over it and made it made me look a little smarter than I am, yeah. In terms of like writing and grammar and all that kind sort of fun stuff, um,
1: that that that's why they run
2: the site. Yeah, you and exactly. I exactly. We exist. talk about beer and do nothing. Um, it's fair. So you brought up in our little group chat that he actually really liked my one of my ideas, which was teams only had a certain number of punts they were allowed to use per game. So right. and and my idea was just straight up no matter which game, didn't matter what, depending no matter where you were in the field, you had X number of punts. And I think I didn't come to a number in the piece because I quite frankly, didn't have the interest in looking up the numbers. And to me, the number doesn't really matter. Like how many punts you average per game. According to Hodge, he looked it up. It's about seven to eight punts a game. somewhere in that range. It's sort of the average um, per team.
1: It always, it always seems like more of those yeah. games.
2: Well, because th- I mean, there's some games that are a lot more and some games that are a lot less. Right. So, it kind right. of, that's just kind of what it averages out. So he said, what if you put it at five per game, which may be a little low. I don't know. I mean, this is a rule that's never actually going to come into effect, but it's fun to talk about, especially when no one's playing football. Um, right, right. So, yeah. What if it was said, okay, you had, and the, so you know, it just creates so many different scenarios where all of a sudden you're on your 40, let's say you're on your 40, 45 yard line. Um, there's 10 minutes left in the game. It's third down, but you only have one punt left and say it's a, you know, it's a fairly close game. One, you know, maybe one, you know, a seven to ten point game. What do you do, right? And so that it just brings in this whole different other scenario, which will drive coaches insane. I mean, how many coaches across football struggle with clock management as it is? Now you're oh, asking right. them when to figure out when they should and shouldn't punt. To me, right. as someone who talks about football and writes about football for, you know, to kill time, essentially... And, hope, and you know, to basically these things we do, it would be fun. And that's really what this is all about. So to me, the more I thought about it, the more this became sort of the, you know, the, the benchmark for what this should be. The number's flexible, the number can change, but it would be fun. And it would be interesting to see it piloted somewhere. You know, maybe the Spring League or the XFL or someone tries this out just to see how it goes. And I think I think it would be really fun.
1: No, and 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 I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, it, I even found it fast. I'm finding it more and more fascinating as as numbers people. Like you and get. I mean, you and I aren't numbers people to the degree that Derek Taylor's a numbers no. person. Friend, I friend like I'm people. a
2: numbers guy who believes follow the numbers. I just don't know what the numbers
1: are. Right, and, <laughs> and, and <I'm, laughs> that's fair. And I'm very much a numbers guy. That like the thing I did notice though, and I am noticing even in in the NFL. Mm-hmm. A lot more teams are going for it on fourth down. Yes.
2: A lot and it more is it teams... is very prolific in college where basically everyone but Nick Saban has gone for it a bunch on fourth down this year.
1: Well, well and, and that's it. And that's starting to creep in. And that's what's mm-hmm. making the other products more exciting, right? Yeah. And you can do that and you can take those risks. And before we get to our silly ideas, this is another serious idea. And I am a big believer in continuity in football teams. Mm-hmm. You look at the best football teams at whatever level they have. A, it, and again, college, you can only get realistically maybe three, four years of continuity. But if you're lucky, yeah. I, I am a big believer in in continuity. And the CFL to me needs to do something. You're always going to have guys leave for the NFL. And that's and that's a feather in the cap of the CFL. Mm hmm. You know, but you shouldn't be in a position where guys are leaving to become I mean, guys are leaving to become cops where, you know, you have so much player movement. They need to do something to nip that in the bud. I don't know what it is, and I don't know if I have any solutions, but the fact is you look at all these guys and it's not just, you know, the star quarterbacks and receivers and it's it's everybody on that team. Mm hmm. You know, you need to have those guys that know the systems, that know everything you're in place, that have lived in them for a couple of years, or a year even, like they need to figure something out to do that. And I think immediately the product will change for yeah, that.
2: Absolutely. And that and I think even just from a marketing fan perspective, that's important too. We've talked about a lot. And I think in terms of serious considerations as well. I think this is where the coaching cap is really going to hurt as well. Not so much the right. salary, but just the number of coaches you can have on a roster. And I would say right. whatever you set the co—I've always thought whatever you set the coaching cap at, you try—you can if you can fit twenty coaches under that number, good for you. As far as I'm concerned, right. because what was happening now is I think there is currently in terms of offense, which talks, of, which kind of ties into punting, is there's a lack of innovation. There's a lack of excitement in sort of the offensive ranks right now. The defensive coaches right. have had the run of the muck for the longest time, and that's part of the problem, too, is there's been a lot of defensive coaches and a lot of defensive coaches with sort of a lot of sway in the way this league works right now. For the last while, anyway. Right. Maybe, you know, you know, La Police is in Ottawa now, and there's some changes along there hopefully coming a little bit. But for the most part, defense has kind of run this league for the last decade, let's say. And... Now, with this coach's cap, there is no room to bring in some younger guys and sort of let them grow and let them learn the game and let them put their own twist on the game and innovate the offenses. Instead, because of this cap now, and it was kind of already happening, we're just seeing guys, you know, move around from team to team sort of in the same kind of role, and we're just seeing the same offenses forever. The defenses have continued to evolve a little bit, but the offenses haven't. Most of the teams No offense, we talk about Paul Lappelis being sort of the top offensive mind in the CFL last year. Well earned, well credited, very good at what he does. But he's the closest thing to a guy that's really innovating. And he's still not doing anything that's all that different. We've seen the game down south evolve. We're not seeing the offense evolve in the CFL in any sort of way. It's not doing anything they haven't been doing forever. It feels very plain, very safe, very sort of the same, really, across a lot of the teams even. And that's not helping the game.
1: Well, and if you go a level deeper there, Joel, you look at uh, most uh, youth sports football programs. Yeah, They're paying one guy. That's the head coach. Mm -hmm. So you still have, you know, you could have the most brilliant offensive line out there, you know, maybe volunteering at a high school or in junior football or something like that. And he's stifled by the fact that he's got a full-time job to run he can't wholeheartedly commit himself to his craft because you know he's at the second best level and just not getting paid like Mm -hmm. it's you know money talks and i think that goes back to a tweet uh god i forget who had it somebody had a tweet that basically said we need to do a better job of promoting football in this country and i know it's a tough time to talk about adding more dollars to things but Well, Jeff Jeff Reimbold
2: had a really good interview on the Rod Peterson show about it. I watched that live. That was a really good interview. And he was really passionate and really strong and had all the right ideas. And he's American. So even he's figured out, while a lot of Canadians haven't.
1: Right. Oh, certainly. I mean, if you look at – if you have a conversation with Jim Mulliner, follow Jim Mullin, the president of Football Canada's Twitter Mm -hmm. feed, you can see that, like – there's a high level of frustration with Jim and, and trying to grow the game every single day, and it's not for any lack of work on Jim or the board of football Canada's part, right? Yeah, that was Jeff Reinbold. Sorry, I meant yes. to. Yeah, I I just it slipped my mind who who did that, and he was on Rod's show, and I haven't watched the the full interview, but I mean it's, it's really good. It's, I, will. I will, I will, I will give that a, uh, a watch. It, the, the basic point not... of
2: what you're trying to get was he said the line where it's basically you don't you basically you don't cut to a profit, you should grow to a profit. Yes. So, and that applies in terms of just, you know, the quality of the product on the field as well, right? Where you're just, if you're limiting salaries in terms of players and coaches, that's just not going to make the product better. No, you're absolutely right. So anyway, punting. Uh, The final idea I had, which um, basically takes the decisions out of coaches' hands, Um, as soon as you get over midfield, you can no longer punt. And that yeah. includes whether, that even if you get, say, to the 50, you get just over a midfield, you take a five-yard delay of game, and you're back on your 54. No, sorry, you don't get to punt now. As soon as you cross over, even if you take, you know, 30 yards of penalties and go all the way back, you still can't punt because you cross midfield because you have to stay one step ahead of the coaches or else they will take a delay of game on purpose to get back on the other side of the field.
1: Or, or they'll take a Joe Flacco sack of minus 32 yards. Exactly. Let's let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. No. You're right. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of something that, because I get it. Coaches don't want to rock the boat because that's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be the guy who's known for going it all the time on third down that costs your team two wins of the season. All of a sudden, you don't have a job. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that idea. Just take it out of their hands. Boom. You can as soon as you're past X. Now, to me, I would go even further. I would make X the forty-yard line.
2: Fair enough. I mean, there's there's a number in there, but yeah.
1: Right, but I think it's a great idea.
2: Also was a great idea recently. Um, the Atlanta Falcons finally fired head coach Dan Quinn. And it seemed that they really did not like Dan Quinn. Because now we get to torture John a little bit as the Atlanta Falcons mm. came out and beat the Minnesota Vikings this week. <sighs> oh, yeah, and then on top terrible. of that, just to add it to John's misery... Um, John, if you have don't know, hasn't really been watching baseball this year because he's been really mad about the Mookie Betts trade. And then I, Mookie I mean, Betts was amazing for the Dodgers and the playoffs and the NLCS and all that and, sort of and thing.
1: And they're on to the World Series now. I'm sorry if you we were recording that. That's, he had, he had Spoilers! <laughs> Spoiler alert! Um, that, does, that doesn't happen in sports. It's okay. Today was not a good day as Kirk Cousins threw up three interceptions and I continue to hate him and hope that uh Clemson's you like that right 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 i don't <laughs> like that but but there is one bright spot jewel there one is second. one bright spot in the three down nation fantasy football league i am currently kicking justin dunk's ass and this is the first time in my life that i can confidently say i'm doing something better than justin dunk and it will be and the it's worst. all it's all because of travis henry see so here was my draft strategy No one cares, John. No one cares. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it.